What's up, everybody? Jason with the Louisiana HR Podcast, and I'm super excited to share with you today's guest as we sit down with none other than the talent doctor herself, Dr. Susan Hanold. She is fantastic. I've known her for some time. I've always enjoyed her content and super excited to share with you today's content as she talks around all things talent and how you can diagnose what things look like today to help you prepare for what things will happen tomorrow. So I won't steal any more thunder. Without further ado, check it out. Welcome, everybody, to the Louisiana HR Podcast. I'm super excited for today's guest. We've had the opportunity to speak several times before, and I can honestly say he's one of the great minds in HR. I'm super excited to unpack some of the content that we have for you. I'm not going to take too much thunder. I do want to just highlight we've got the talent doctor in the house with us, 20 years of experience working as a strategic partner in HR for organizations like Accenture and PepsiCo and currently at ADP. She's done a ton of fantastic work, is recognized as the top 300 women in HR technologies and LinkedIn and HR influencer and a super favorite person of mine. So I won't take any more thunder. Susan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much, Jason. Great to be here. Of course. Well, we are so happy to have you. I, I really want to jump right in because you have shared so much, not only in your personal page, your content, stuff that's been published, just in our own conversations so much has landed around talent that I really want to just jump right in. And my question to start off with is we've all heard the phrase, the great resignation, the talent tsunami. Think about whatever clever words you can come up with. But the really all these conversations all tend to land around talent. So from your vantage point and what you're seeing, what is happening in the talent landscape today? Jason, I think I've like worked in the industry for all these years for talent to finally come to the top of the funnel, if you will. I mean, and now it's in your face kind of, but it's like, so the great resignation, the great shuffle, the great reevaluation, the great reprioritization. I think every week I'm hearing a new word that some company's putting in there or somebody's putting a marketing tag on it. And I always like to say, focus on talent from day one. Like it shouldn't be this new thing. So if you're doing things right and you have a good strategy in place, then stay the ground and stay the course. But what's been interesting to me is that it's not so much about the words, but it's knowing where your company is and what data are they using to know where you, where they are in the strategy. So how can they be proactive versus reactive? And where right now there seems to be this pull and tug happening too, like between should I be recruiting or should I be retaining? And yeah. I've also heard a new uh, thing for 2022 is is 2022 going to be the year of the employee? So right now we know that the, you know, it's like buying a house right now. Is it a buyer's market? Well, right now it's a candidate's market. So uh, what can companies do? But I am excited that talent is at the top of it. It just is a very tough market right now. Everybody's mm. competing for talent and wants to get ahead of the game and wants to stay in business and, and keep business stability going. So um, happy to see talent at the forefront just not happy with the pull and this tug that's happening between attracting and retaining. I agree with you wholeheartedly in the fact that it is nice to see that talent has truly um, risen to the top as far as the top priorities, as it, I guess it should always be, mm -hmm. but especially now. And my, my question, because I was reading through some of the material that you have, and one thing that really stuck out to me is I love that the phrase hire to retire and shifting from that to attract 
and alumni. For those who know, who may be first time hearing that, maybe expand a little bit on that concept. Yeah, so it's a there's a lot of kind of words that HR folks may use, and it may be uh, find, grow, keep, uh, hire to retire. You know, from somebody who for the first time is onboarded through the time that they exit. Uh, but I have been actually, and I just read this not too long ago too, and I'm liking it too, thinking about attracting talent to alumni. And where this struck really close to home for me is I actually have three just examples of what's happening in the marketplace for three different places my friends are in. I have my dad, who honestly retired 20 years ago, and now he's working with his mom in an assistant living facility, going to see her. They literally called him back. They, they said, hey, would you like to come work at the facility? My, my dad's like 80 years old. But this is where the talent shortage is. They need people. They know my dad's going to come there every day. He's very intimately wants to know the processes are going well. And he's going to be there every day to check on his mom. So he's going to be a dedicated worker. So from this alumni perspective is, how are companies keeping contact with folks that have left? So now he worked 45 years at the telephone company, so he's not really going to go back there. But this this sort of second tiered uh, career. The second thing is I just had a friend retire and she got called back. The company actually has an alumni group, called her back and said, will you come back and work part time? Now, it was in the call center and she had not worked in a call center. She'd worked very closely with clients, but she actually is reevaluating and saying, do I want to stay connected to business so I can keep using my sort of intellect, but I don't want to work full time? And then so they actually reached out to her through her network of her email, keeping that in, in the technology, in the, in the portal. And then the third one is a friend of mine who's a teacher, retired, full-time teacher, high school teacher, and said, I'm not ready to give it up 100%, but I want to work when I want to work. So I want to work on my schedule part-time and able to pick that job up sort of as a part-timer. So as I look at, you know, when will people stop working after retirement? Do people stop working? And that's sort of that whole, that alumni piece, which I think is kind of an interesting one because you have to tap that talent market right now. And I don't know if a lot of people have been talking about it. They're so busy trying to find that front end piece of sourcing and finding people, you know, at the front of the funnel that they're forgetting, wait, what about the, this population that's shrinking? The working population is shrinking. We have 3 million boomers retired. And that's a whole untapped labor market. What do you think, Jason? I think it's so relevant. I think it's, I, I love when you said the alumni group, like a light bulbs go off because most of the conversations that I'm having with any business right now are, are exactly what you said. How do we, that top end of the funnel, how do we get cast as large a net as possible? How do we go find the talent and stay competitive? And then also around retention too, almost as like a secondary, like how do we keep what we have? but almost like zero conversation about, hey, how do the talent that we may have left or who could still be a valuable resource, how do we tap into that? Zero. I mean, honestly, I, I think that's such an interesting and not talked about enough topic that really like makes it interesting. I'm almost thinking like tactically from what you're hearing when you say an alumni group or how are you he hearing organizations execute that? What are some other examples of what that looks like for organizations who can maybe tap into that alumni network? 
So one of them is I actually worked at Accenture, which Anderson Consulting, and they I'm part of an alumni network. They have a newsletter that goes out. They keep you actively engaged. They have a community. They send me you know job posts. And the same thing with a lot of other organizations. This is a strategy. This is a strategy from a brand perspective. It's a community. And, you know, I know if like ADP, you know, in our recruiting solution, we have something, a talent community. And you have these communities when you apply for a job. And if it may, if you don't find a job that fits you at that time, there, there might be one around engineers. They'll put you in that community. And when that job comes up, they'll communicate with you through, you know, texting, whatever, as long as you, you know, opt in to have those communications. But that is definitely an important piece of building a community of uh, people want to connect and belong. And then when the time's right, you can, the job's right, and there's a lot of connection, then you can move forward. I love that. I love that so much. You know, the, another thing that I think about, so you talked about an aging population, you know, baby boomers heading into retirement, and you have this new generation that's coming in, right? You have your your, gen, your millennials, which we know about, are becoming the largest workforce. And then you have Generation Z coming in and, and Generation Y and, and so many other things, this younger generation that are coming in. And we found that there's a huge shift on how they engage. And social media seems to be a large play in how they engage with the world. What is, you know, from your standpoint, what's happening with, with social media when it comes to recruiting and finding talent? Yeah, this is great. So branding is very critical. And that means having a social media strategy for companies that are looking to recruit. And in part of your talent acquisition strategy is having a social media strategy. Sounds very complicated. Talent acquisition can be complicated. There's a lot of different things that go under it. Uh, but having a good brand is definitely going to help you to attract talent. But when it comes to social media, what has shifted for me is the different places that I'm seeing companies post and look for uh, or I should say candidates are following. So for example, Facebook and Instagram were ranked as the most effective platforms uh, when it came to social media attraction. So where people were going. I, I've seen companies now for the first time posting videos, job postings through TikTok. Uh, and that has gone, actually, that has been the biggest increase in the last year. It's increased um, to like over 700% in users. Uh, so what social platforms are out there, you really need to have a social media strategy. What's also interesting is just not uh, that you have a strategy and that you have these social networks, but traditionally we would gone, we would have said, Google it, right? Let's go Google it. But now what we're finding is that these influencers are out there. So you, for example, we all know that if Kim Kardashian talks about it, it's going to get buzzed, right? If she says it or she wears it right. Um, and it also is definitely, it's the same thing that's happening out in the business world, that if we have these influencers are out there. And um, so I would definitely say, if you haven't thought about what's happening in social media, the other thing that's happening too is Nagajob uh, says the word flexibility now accounts for roughly 11% of the more than 7 million job postings on its site compared with 8% earlier in the year. So now when it comes to job postings in social media, it's the words that you're using. So right, in that, right now, we've seen you know, an increase in workplace flexibility. So right away, people want to know, is it in an office? Is it not? And so the younger generations are now turning to those social, social networks. They're going to look for certain keywords, and that's how you're going to stay uh, competitive. I love it. That's amazing. I totally agree with you. That, that's an interesting stat that you mentioned about the rise of 
postings being social and how people are using social now to determine what they feel about your company over things like Google <laughs> and other social and other channels that we used to use. I'm also curious, almost in the same breath, we talk about, okay, well, now you, as a strategy, there's so many things, like you said, you've got to be thinking about as a business owner, or as a business leader. And when it comes to strategy around talent, another thing that we've seen a huge rise of, as you and I are having this conversation, is now 2022. And you know we've now seen this huge rise in remote working. How do you see that playing an impact on a recruiting standpoint for somebody who's looking for talent and is no longer competing against just other players locally? They're competing across talent regionally, nationally. What does that landscape look like looking forward into 2022 from your perspective? So the one thing I would say with data is know where you are, where you stand today in the from a business perspective. So have a workforce plan. Uh, know if you're going to be full-time or part-time and look at your pay, competitive pay. So for example, if you've not looked at ADP's vitality index, and that sounds like a fancy word, but it's, it's say, if you, if you literally, now I'm going to say Google it, Jason. Uh, if you Google it, ADP vitality index, it's a quarterly report that comes out and it shares, it's, it's real time, and it's based on uh, ADP's clients of real data of what's happening in the marketplace when it comes to, comes to compensation. So we do know it's a job switcher market. They are getting paid more, job switchers are, to job hop, if you will, than the job stayers. But what you can do is look at this report and say, where am I locally? So Louisiana, where am I in Louisiana? Where am I from my local area down to my city? And then since you mentioned the, the multi-generational workforce, you can actually look at the data and say, by generation and by location, what's happening to, to wages? So I think that's very important. So salary benchmarking and having a salary stra a strategy is, is very important. And then how transparent you're going to be with your companies. So one is to know, you know where, where, how do you compare and then where are you going? And then what are your crit critical roles? So you have to keep the business running. So, for example, keep those critical roles and make sure you've got pay right. And then, of course, we know culture, right? Everything around benefits, all that is very, very important. And, and, and I won't, well, we're going to go into more hints later on. But overall, I would just say um, from a technology perspective, so the other piece would be also technology, is making sure wherever you can take the burden off of employees um, and to automate, let the technology help you do the work. Let you, if you can, how awesome is it for if you said you want to give managers across the board a certain raise and or bonus, and you want to have it just at a click of a button for compensation, give everybody that raise, wouldn't that be wonderful than everybody having to go in and every manager's manager have to go and click that button, especially during tough times? So I would say use and have a digital strategy to complement that talent acquisition strategy. I love that. I think what you're sharing is so relevant. Keeping along the same line of talent and, and data, right? So you, you talked about, okay, how do we benchmark where we are today? And how do we look about what is, what's happening in the market in tomorrow so we can make strategic decisions around our workforce? In that same breath, one of the things that we constantly find organizations evaluating is not only from a compensation standpoint, but what does it look like from DE&I? And I know that's another big topic, but keeping in the same a breath of talent, we hear it more and more that as people look for new jobs, they're asking specific questions around DEI. And I know you and I had a long time, you know, a long discussion with this at, at a previous uh, event we did. 
And uh, you shared a lot of great insights. Keeping along the idea of talent, how is important is it for an organization to include strategies and data around DEI? Great question, Jason. Uh, definitely very important. Uh, DEI should be part of the the business goals. It should be integrated into your talent strategy. It all ties back to the business strategy. So, and I would start off with defining what does diversity, equity, inclusion. What are the definitions? And then start with how am I going to measure it? So, and then what reliable data am I going to use to uh, measure that I'm actually moving the needle from today? to next month. So there's diversity, there's equity inclusion. And for, for example, you know, inclusion, I would have said two years ago, I would never even really have talked about inclusion and belonging uh, from a diverse, it used to be diversity and, and um, equity. And now you've got inclusion in, into the mix and being able to say how important it is for us to connect with each other. And ADP did a study that literally just has 13 questions that define how do you know people are feeling connected with each other, which I think is phenomenal because we would have probably never talked about this because people are not seeing each other as much as we want to be or seeing each other through a screen and want to feel connected. So how do we have this sense of belonging and how this impacts your candidate pipeline is one is from your retention strategy, right? If people feel connected, they'll be more engaged, they'll want to stay, and they won't want to look. Um, on the other hand, if you, from a diversity, equity, inclusion, uh, diversity of candidate pipeline, you definitely want to have diversity. And, and I hear a lot of companies saying, I want to look or mirror like our communities look. And in order to do that, you've got to have goals. You have to have the you have to have the folks that represent the communities you're trying and, and have those candidates and have that strategy. There's such a great opportunity one now to expand the candidate pool by having a DEI lens. So you can have veterans, you can have military, you can look at oh my goodness, women in leadership. I mean, it just goes on and on. There's so many different ways that people could broaden it, and it's untapped. And there's just such an opportunity to continue to grow that. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think I think, you know, exactly what you're saying. It's interesting how it, that evolution of of diversity and equity, and that now the discussion of inclusion and how do we work it in. And if you can even make that strategy, you have to know where you are, and it's access to that information. What does what is what is my community looking internally, and so we can actually start to make strategic decisions on how we move that needle. I think it's really great. I'd so be post meeting. There's 13 questions about how about our community. I'd love to if you could share that. I'm sure our guests would love to would love to see that. I guess, I guess kind of circling it all together, Susan, there, there's so many things, you know, there's so many ways that you can, you can go about that as, as companies are getting ready for 2022 and they're looking ahead and saying, how do I go about tackling it? What are a few tips that you would recommend to somebody to get started? So moving into 2022, I would say utilize reliable data. So make sure that you are getting your data from sound sources that have real-time data. Like, for example, ADP has something called Data Cloud, which is all about using real payroll data. Don't go to third parties and use sort of um, survey data, if you will. Now, I know everybody has to start somewhere, but one, I would say make sure that the data you're using and find a single source, one place to pull it all in together uh, collectively um, that would be one. The second one is to leverage technology to drive efficiencies and expand capabilities. So leverage technology. You have to have a digital transformation sort of strategy today. The third one, and Jason, you hit on this one a little bit earlier, is measure diversity, equity, inclusion to drive value within your organization. It shows there's a business case that if you focus on DEI, 
it will have a higher um, return for your money. Those companies are more productive, be more engaged, culture will um, be enhanced and you'll see the value. The fourth one is listen to the voice of the employee. If you have not found a way to find pulse surveys or to listen, I know a lot of companies have done uh, focus sessions, lean-in sessions. I think this is more about we are going through a lot and you need to have some sort of automated way to hear from the voice of employees and track that information. One of the things I would also say is don't do it after somebody leaves. Don't do an exit survey. Do it while they're still here. Use a stay interview. Do it right when they're new to the organization. Find out what got them here, 30, 60, 90 days, a new manager, what's keeping them here. And then keep and, and get that real time and get the managers involved in that. And those would be four things that I would say um, could, you could help to get started in 2022. One, utilize you know data, leverage technology, measure DE&I. So in a year, we can come back and know we've moved the needle. And then four, listen to the voice of the employee. I love it. I wrote all these down and we're going to I'll, <laughs> I'll put these in the show notes because there's so much gold in this, Susan. <laughs> I love it. They, I, I love all the shares here. Um, that's a great place to stop. I think it's fantastic content. But before we go, I've got a few questions that I've got to ask. These are fun questions. So I'm going to kind of go a rapid lightning round if you're ready. You ready? I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So we just finished the holidays and everybody's ready for the new year. And I'm curious, what's a gift that you either received or gave that's under $100 that's most significantly changed your life or somebody else's life? So this is a cool gift on a budget. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I'm going to say mine was a wine decanter. <laughs> okay. That's a great one. It was a pure show. You flip your wine bottle upside down and it aerates the bottle of wine. And it's a cool show in like 10 seconds. And it is beautiful. It's definitely a talking piece for sure. I love it. Wine decanter. You see that? Under $100 and it aerates it and you get a show. We're going to have to put the link in the show notes with that as well. I love it. <laughs> Number two, you ready? I'm ready. All right, New Year's resolutions. Did you make any? And if you did, what is it, if you're willing to share it? Gosh, no, Jason. And my <laughs> husband always does a list, and he's all following his list of his resolutions. And I'm like, what? I don't have any resolutions. Mine's just really, this year's just be kind. Be kind. Kill people with it. kindness. I love it. That's 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 a motto that we all would adopt. We would be in great shape as, as a planet. <laughs> be kind. I love it. Okay. Um, third question, and then we'll do a wrap. So third question is, if you're going to bat, you're going to get hype, you're going to, to, to whatever it is, get yourself psyched up. What is your walking to the plate, your hype up song, Susan? Oh my goodness. This is so good. I don't even know if I can say this. Um, welcome to the jungle. Yes. Guns and roses. Oh my gosh, I'm learning so much about you. <laughs> I love that answer. <laughs> I, I'm well, going to have that played at my funeral. We're not going to have any downers. It's going to be all about a pump you up. Oh my gosh, I love it. That is fantastic. All right. About 80s well, head banging, long hair. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely know more about you. I, I, I like it. I know exactly what song next time we're, we're, uh, we're in person. We're going to do a oh, Welcome to the Jungle kickoff. I love it. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. That is a great, we're going to end on that note. 
I appreciate all the great shares you have here. Uh, Susan, for someone who wants to get in touch with you or reach you, what's the best way to find you and connect with you? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. I share all the articles that we we write, our latest ADP Research Institute, any videos that I've been out there doing. I Follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter, and it's at Susan Hanold. Thank you, Jason. Awesome. Thank you, Susan. I really appreciate it. For everybody listening, we'll go ahead and put the show notes, and thank you for tuning in. Susan, thanks for taking some time. I know your schedule is busy, and we appreciate you sharing your wisdom and your thoughts with us today. You're very welcome. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in and giving us a listen. We appreciate you. Again, give us a like, give us a comment. Let us know what you think. What else would you like to hear? And if you know somebody that you think would be a great fit, please message us and let us know how we can connect. Thanks again. Hope you have a great day.